0: I am your host, Brian Willey, along with my co-host, John Kesselring. Episode 32 features the head coach of Ravana High School and content manager of footballscoop.com, Doug Samuels. Coach shares his story as a coach and outlines his transition from an offensive coordinator to a head football coach. Coach also details his smash mouth spread offense and its main components, while explaining his journey to becoming the content manager at one of the top coaching news websites on the internet. Coaches, don't forget to check out our website at igfootballcoach.com for all our latest blog posts and podcast episodes. Also, it'd be much appreciated if you could leave a review for us on iTunes and help grow our program with others. Coaches, also be sure to check out the South Dakota Football Coaches Association Clinic, hosted at South Dakota State from March 23rd through March 24th, which features keynote speakers such as Jerry Kill and Gene Chiswick. For more information on how you can attend this great event, go to www. S-D-H-S-C-A.org. This episode of Intentionally Grounded is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute brings practice efficiency into the 21st century with on-field digital risk coaches. Trusted at practice by more than 350 high schools and 30-plus FBS and FCS teams, GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send scout cards and installs to players so they can stay up-temple at all practices without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. Compatible with all major play drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, GoRoute teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily. If you value practice time and want the best preparation, then you need to go to no scout cards with GoRoute. Learn more at www.goroute.com, that's G-O-R-O-U-T.com, or by emailing sales at goroute.com or calling 866-777-1448. Episode 7 of Season 2 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach Doug Samuels starts now.
1: Coach, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in coaching. So I've been the head coach now at Ravana for uh, this is my, just
2: wrapped up my first season. Uh, prior to that, I, I played college football in the science of Ohio, which uh, I did that because I, I knew I'm a, a head high school football coach and wanted to do whatever I could to prepare for that. Um, so I went down there and I was, I was, you know, I weighed right around 260 after my freshman year, and that's kind of where I stayed. So it's really too big to be a, a vertical threat at tight end, and <laughs> too light to be a uh, too too light to be a, a, a D3 quality lineman. So it's kind of in between of there for a little while. But uh, right after that, I, I got my first job coaching uh, tackles and tight ends at North Park University in Chicago. Uh, that was awesome. I learned under some really good coaches that have gone on to do some, some really good, really big things. Um, spent a year there. And then when, when my contract was up there, I think I was living on like a thousand dollars a month in Chicago, which was impossible. Um, I, I took, I took a job as the, uh, coaching quarterbacks and wide receivers at Rockford, uh, now university in Northern Illinois. And, uh, for a big guy like me with an O-line background, getting to coach the skill guys was was something that I, I felt I really needed, um, and and had a, a good year there. It was an, an interesting experience, I'll just say. Uh, came back and, and got got on the high school uh, bandwagon here in West Michigan for a year. Uh, went back to Chicago and, and did the uh, NCSA thing, which was a gr- again a great experience, but. Uh, then, then ended up landing a job with football scoop and, and got back into high school coaching at my alma mater. We had two runs to the state semifinals, best, best seasons in school history as a coordinator. And then, uh, and then from there, I went to Forest Hills Northern with Ryan Oshmark on the North side of Grand Rapids and, and, um, tried to shadow him and learn as much ball as I could for four years, program development with him. And he was, he was outstanding. Um, and, and that led to, uh, that that last season we had from Forest Hills Northern. I was there for two years, following them to West Ottawa in Holland. And uh, we had a really special year our last year there at the most School of History and that helped me get the, the job at Urvana. So here I am now.
0: Coach, you're born and raised in Michigan, but went to college in Ohio. Isn't that a mortal sin for all born and raised in Michigan men?
2: You know it, it is if you're a Michigan fan, but I am a I'm a big <laughs> Michigan State fan. I uh I, so I, I grew up, and I, I loved watching Tyrone Wheatley and, and those Michigan days back in uh, back when I was younger with my grandpa. But the minute I stepped foot to Spartan State, it was it was game over. My dad was a big Michigan State fan. So uh, so I've been a Spartan fan for a, a long, long time. And, um, and so, so, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I think it would be if you're a Michigan guy, but, <laughs> but I'm a Michigan State fan, so I, I have no loyalty there.
1: <laughs> Coach, you've always been an OC wherever you've been. Um, just until this last year, and you touched on that a little bit, how was the transition from being an offensive coordinator to now a head coach?
2: You know, it, it was the biggest transition for me was at, at how long was We were a D one school, with 2,500 kids. And, uh, and, and Ravana played in the same small high school conference that I played in. Uh, but there we're at about 340 kids. So that was the biggest transition for me. You know, I, every step I had taken, I I, I wanted to prepare to be a head coach. So I kind of, I knew what I wanted to do on both sides of the ball and special teams, what I wanted it to look like. Um, So the biggest transition was really just going from one of the biggest schools in the state of Michigan. I think they're top 15 or top 20 um, in in terms of enrollment to one of the smaller schools with a really rich football tradition. That, that was really the biggest change for me. I, I felt like, uh, my my offensive background that's part of the reason that they hired me there. So I still called the offensive plays, uh, and and had someone on staff obviously handle the defensive stuff. Kept him around,
1: uh, but but
2: that that was the biggest change for me was just going from um, from the big school environment to a small school. And I, and I will say, uh, Ash, the past few years that I worked with did a great job at kind of insulating us assistants from a lot of the the parental stuff that would come up so having to having to take that head on was uh was something uh that that was definitely a um that was definitely an adjustment because pa- parents get parents get um caught up in the silliest things as far as stats and you know things like that that don't really matter in the grand scheme of things um so so that was another adjustment
0: coach your offices have been self proclaimed as a smash mouth spread type of system. Talk about what your offenses look like to somebody who's never seen it before, and maybe tell us a little bit about some of the staples that make your offense go. So one one of the things that, that I that I kind of like to hang my hat on being a, a, a
2: an offensive line background guy is I, I want to be able to to run the football down your throw and everyone in the stadium knows that that you know you got to run it to get a first down. So uh, we're at eleven personnel a ton. I think looking back on our our film last year and our first year. Um, we're probably in um 11 personnel, 65 to 70% of the time. So we use a, a sniffer back a lot. Um, But we were on power, we we're on counter uh, and we we're on buck sweep. Those are really our, our three staples. And then we have a lot of things um off of that. You know, we, we've got a lot of power read stuff, swing read, toss read, where things in the, uh, the, the, the visuals in the back field change, but what's going on up front is, is, always going to be the same it's we try to keep things as simple for them uh as we can but at, at, at the same time we want to look complicated but really at our core be simple um so, so that's really what what we hang our hat on and then we we got into um some of the more rpo stuff here um probably about week two or three of the season uh you know it's something that we have practiced and i just hadn't had the the guts to call in a game. And after I, I called it once or twice, we ripped off a couple of big ones and I was like, well, well, Hey, we might be onto something here. So I hopped on the bandwagon and uh, really got things cooking there to, to end the season. And I, I think Gase keeps a fit. So, uh, but, but that's, that's really our core. So We want to look really complicated with formations and, and uh, motions. I use a ton of different motions, but, but really at our core, we want to be, simple behind the scenes where everyone knows their rule regardless of the front regardless of of stemming or anything like that Um, everyone knows what they're doing and and can can execute without hesitation
1: coach changing gears just a little bit um, you're not only a football coach but you also manage one of the biggest uh, coaching websites in the united states um, footballscoop.com talk about what that's like and how you ended up there
2: uh, so I was at NCSA, I had actually taken, um, a year away from coaching to go back to Chicago because I think it's the greatest city on earth. <laughs> um, so, 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 I worked there for a little while and it was, uh, it was, it was a grind. It was, you know, pounding the phones and trying to create these panic in these parents that, you know, all oh, you're behind in the recruiting process and you need our help. Um, which isn't always the case, but you know, you're, you're pushing a product. Um, and it just didn't leave me with warm and fuzzy feelings when I, when I went home at night. <clears throat> so I was checking the scoop all the time. That's how I had, had landed my previous uh, two coaching jobs at the college level. And, uh, and, and Scott was getting rid of one guy and bringing in someone else. And, and so I, I literally called uh, my references and I was like, hey, I want you to borderline harass this guy until I at least get interviewed. And uh and so my college coach uh did exactly that and uh I, I got my phone interview and then I uh, had another follow up phone interview and ended up uh getting a job. So I got to live in Chicago. I could see where the fields from my back steps and um that that's kind of what started this path of talking football twenty four seven, three hundred and sixty five days a year that
1: uh
2: that that I'm really blessed to be able to do.
0: At football scoop you guys post open jobs at every level, break down news on coaching changes. You guys do so much with with the game of football and especially the coaching industry. How difficult is it for you to delineate between what is true and what may be something that someone sends you as just as a tip? Uh
2: so I, I think when I first started off that that was one of the biggest challenges is is trying to figure out, you know, the the rumors from, you know, stuff that there's substance to behind it. But um uh, I think I, I took the job in 2011, so I've, I've been there, you know, over seven years now. Um, having that opportunity to to be in this this unique space, where coaches trust you and reach out to you, been able to to form some really good relationships with guys so that, you know, pretty much across the country. If something were to come up, I, one of us three, myself, uh, Scott is my boss, or uh, Zach's the other writer in, in the Dallas area um between the three of us we've got someone that we know that either works there or had worked there or worked with that guy uh because as you guys know the coaching profession profession you're there for you know a week or so or a year or two years or three years then you're moving on to to something else whether you're fired and that door closes another one opens or you get promoted um so there's a lot of movement in the profession that but, it, you know, it just kind of creates that six degrees of separation where, uh, you know, if you don't know the person directly, you know, someone involved with it. So um, just developing those relationships with those guys, kind of cultivating it over the years and, and talking about non-football stuff, you know, whether it's our wives or families or, or whatever it is. Um, so so that, that, that started off being a tough thing, but just being in the profession long enough, it's, um, it, it's, it's gotten a lot easier.
0: Coach, I have a two part follow up question to what you kinda of talked about a little bit there. Uh first part of the question, I kinda of wanna know in terms of the purpose of, of football scoop, is your purpose um, something to just kind of connect coaches to information or do you have maybe some other kind of initiatives that you kind of see unfolding here over the next few years? You
2: know, I I just think our our role and when we're getting ready to write articles and things like that, especially in the off season, I think is to educate coaches. So, you know, whether it's it's job change stuff or you know, Mike Gundy says something crazy at an, an interview or, or Leach says something off the wall, um, just educating coaches, entertaining coaches to a certain extent with that kind of stuff. Uh, but educating them as far as what's out there, um, you know, a, a lot of, a, a lot of our off season is, is off season for us is when, you know, coaches contracts and stuff come up. So educating coaches on kind of what's out there and in, in that realm and uh, what other guys are, are getting and things like that. I, I think that's, that's our duty to, to help grow the game and, and educate coaches and just kind of tell them and show them what's out there.
0: And then the second part of the follow-up question would be, what would you say is the most gratifying part about your job? I, I, I really
2: like helping people. I, 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 think, um, I, I think the scoop is kind of, it, we've kind of built this brand over the years since, since I've been involved is all I can say. Uh, But I I feel like we've built one of the strongest brands in football where, you know, we we go to the coaches convention that I just got back from on Wednesday. You you can walk around and and everyone knows the scoop. Uh, I I actually brought my wife down to the convention for the first time this past year, hoping it kind of gave her a little perspective on, you know, when when I have to scramble downstairs at at nine o'clock and she's trying to wrangle two, two kids two years and under to bed. (laughs) <laughs> like I, I'm posting, uh, you know, I, I'm not downstairs twiddling my thumbs, but there, there's stuff that needs to be updated because guys are on the site all the time trying to figure out what's going on in the profession. So to, to, I, I was hoping that gave her some perspective. And I, I really think um, I really think that it did. We had coaches come up and, you know, just to kind of it, it's one of the only times I see him face to face all year. Just to be able to talk to them and uh, and and to have people come up and say, hey, we really appreciate what you do and keeping us in the loop. Um, it, it's it, it really kind of recharges the batteries, um, so to speak, when um, when you know sometimes there's there's late nights because I live on the east coast, so um, you know news breaks at eight o'clock on the west coast, it's eleven o'clock to me. It's it's still something that needs to be handled because coaches are relying on us. So uh, so hopefully that answers that.
1: And Doug, you just touched on this. You just got back from the AFCA clinic. Um, what's that experience like, and and what do you take away from one of the largest coaching clinics in the country?
2: The AFCA is always a, a great opportunity for me, um, just to reconnect with guys that, that really I just have a, a phone or Twitter or text relationship with for most of the year. Uh, the, this year, especially, um, so my wife and I got in on like late Friday night, Saturday. Uh, I went out and met with a couple of guys that I've only had conversations with on Twitter, like whether it's, you know, sharing video <laughs> clips or direct messages or whatever. I'd never met them face to face, but we met up and, and had some chips and salsa and some adult beverages and just kind of kicked it for like an hour, just getting to know each other. One's a, one's a coach in Texas. Um, another one's a, a head coach in, um, in Minnesota. So, uh, just kind of exchanging stories and, and just getting to meet face to face for for the first time ever is is really cool. This year, um, I, I was selected the the 35 under 35 coaches leadership that And That was a that was an outstanding opportunity. I got to sit down uh, with 34 uh, of the other coaches that were recognized. I was one of the, uh, only two high school guys that that were in on the panel, but there were you know 18 major college coaches. 10 at the SCS level, two from the NAI level, one each from Division two II and three. So it was really an uh, an elite group of coaches, uh, to steal a TJ Flex thing. It's an elite <laughs> – that was an elite group of coaches there. Um, and, you know, uh, James Franklin came in and talked. He dropped some really good nuggets. David Cutcliffe came in a little later. Uh, but it, it was it was eight to five. It was uh, constantly taking notes and, and trying to learn, but not to mention the networking part, which which I really think is the best value at the FCA, is just being able to, to see all your buddies that you played with or coached with or have developed a relationship over the years. It's, it's your one time to kind of get to see them at great grad, uh, not not to mention all the other things the AFCAs has going on.
0: Coach, if you had to kind of look into the future a little bit, what do you think the the future has in store for maybe you personally, and then maybe also Football Scoop professionally? Uh, you know, I, I don't really know what's on the horizon. I, I, I think that's, that's that's one of the
2: exciting things about, uh, about my job with the Scoop, is that every day I wake up and I, I really have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, you know, you hear some things cooking behind the scenes and stuff like that, but I mean, if if I had to wake up and go to an eight to five job all the time and I do what I was gonna do every day, I would I would want to gouge my eyes out. It's, it's just not it's it's not my personality. So you know, every day there's a curveball or two that you got to be ready for that, that I absolutely love. Um, but but I I really just look forward to, to finding new ways to to help football scoop kind of uh, go go to the next level. Um, whether it's you know, I, I know we don't do a great job with stuff like Instagram or Snapchat. I, I it's just it's not my wheelhouse yet. Um, but you know you know doing something along those lines to kind of t- t- to kind of take things to the next level for us. Uh, I don't know what that is yet, but um, I, I know we spend a lot of time in the offseason kind of kicking around ideas and stuff like that. After after we we get a chance to breathe a little bit with all these coaching changes happening.
1: Well, Doug, we have one last question for you. Um, it's kind of a tra- tradition on our show, um, and it's not football-related, um, not work-related. So um, if you had a walk-up song as a pro wrestler or a professional baseball player, um, what would it be? And you have to tell us why.
2: So I, I've been thinking about this a little bit. I've got a brother that's a, uh, that played baseball at the same place I went to college, and he's a high school baseball coach now. Um, but but I'm a big old school hip hop fan, and and being a, a a bigger bigger guy, I'm I'm gonna have to go with a big pop by Notorious Big. Oh. Uh I
1: think
2: I, I think that's a classic. And I'm also I, I just had my wife um, probably the last week or so watch Hardball for the first time and. And that's a, that's a mainstay on that movie. That's that's a tearjerker. So Big Papa would would have to be it. And and I, I wrestled with this one for a little while, but, but I think that's what I got it all. About. <laughs>